Are you ready? Hey, you think you can tell us what to do? You think you can tell us what to wear? You think that you're better? Well, you better get ready. Bow to the masters. Break it down! What is up? What is happening? We are back again for another week. We are on to week nine. And like true NFL fashion, the slate got flipped upside down and threw it tossed into the spin cycle right out the gate. I mean, so many things came out, you know, really quickly into this week. You know, uh, everybody was excited about this Chiefs and Packers game. It was going to be the first Aaron Rodgers versus Patrick Mahomes. Well, that, that that all got thrown out once Aaron Rodgers got ruled out with uh, COVID. So he is out for that slate. We get Jordan Love at 4,400 on that slate. Uh, so this, this slate is just not as appealing, or I, I should say not as obvious as it was before because uh, the Chiefs uh, uh, open uh, has, has dropped dramatically. Uh, went from, I think, a two-point um, game to eight and a half, minus eight and a half for the Chiefs. In that game with Jordan Love, and so now I think, but I do think there's some other interesting games here that we can target, uh, you know, in this in this Week Nine matchup. So, before we do, joined as always by Maddie D, Maddie DFS. How you doing tonight, Maddie? Doing good, doing good. Hoping some of these uh, these games this weekend are better than this one on Thursday night. Uh, the Colts have run for what 270 yards and it's 42 points in three quarters, so. Uh, looking for some more competitive games this weekend, which I, I think uh, we will see and, and we can break down. Yeah, so let's just jump right into it. Let's jump right into the quarterback position, as we always do. We, we go player or uh, position by position, not game by game, which is the optimal strategy that uh, that we like to take. And so let's start things off. So we got Josh Allen, who's $8,200. Starting kicking things off. Then you have Kyler Murray, who I don't know if he's going to play or not. Um, you know, uh, I don't think he's gotten in a practice this week. We'll have to see on his status for this week. But he's 7,900. Pat Mahomes is 7,800. Lamar Jackson, 7,300. Justin Herbert, 7K. Dak is 6,900. Joe Burrow, 6,800. Jalen Hurts, 6,700. Then you have Kirk Cousins at 6,200. That wraps up the top tier of quarterbacks. Matty, where are we starting this week? Yeah, so I know you you can't say the same uh, because I know you're going to load up on on KC Green Bay, but I'm actually kind of glad that the news has taken us off that game um, because there's there's other games that I wanted to play anyways, and I was going to be absolutely terrified by fading Kansas City Green Bay, um, not fading it completely, but you know just not going you know having a full on stack. Uh, in, in like single entry tournaments, which, you know, m- most of the field probably would have had considering how bad the Kansas city defense ju- has been, uh, you know, you would have seen a lot of Aaron Rodgers to Devonte Adams and their secondary pieces. So it definitely changes the slate up. Like you said, um, 
but there's other really good spots here on this slate and, and, and spots that I was going to attack, whether we had Aaron Rodgers in a shootout or not. Um, and, and it starts with me at the top. Uh, Josh Allen, I think you can play him here. He just had a monster stinker last week uh, against the Dolphins, and now he gets a bounce-back spot against Jacksonville, which Jacksonville's actually been decent against the run this year. Um, they, they rank in the top half of the league in all you know adjusted metrics that we look at. Um, and you beat Jacksonville through the air, and uh, we've said it time and time again that Buffalo does not care what the team does on the other side of the ball in terms of scoring points. Like they will win 40 to nothing if that's, you know, what the opposing team is going to allow them. So Josh Allen is absolutely in play at 8,200 at the top. Um, from there, Lamar Jackson, 7,300 is the next guy that I'm looking at uh, against Minnesota and what should be pegged as a shootout. Uh, it's got a total over 50. Um, and we've seen this, like you think when you think of Baltimore, you think defense, but, uh, they just gave up 41 points to Cincy two weeks ago. Uh, they played in a shootout that was the Island game against Indianapolis. It was 31 to 25. Back back in weeks one and two, uh, they lost to Las Vegas 27 to 33. Uh, they beat Kansas City 36 to 35. So we've seen a handful of shootouts with Baltimore uh, this year. And and you know when Minnesota is forced to pass the ball. You know, we see guys like Justin Jefferson get a, a big boost in, in fantasy production. So um, I really like that game. You know where the ball is going on both sides. Uh, and Lamar can break the slate at $7,300. Uh, from there, um, I think Jalen Hurts is interesting. The thing that sticks out to me on that Chargers and Philly game is the pace of play. Uh, Philly ranks fourth in situation neutral uh, pace and the Chargers rank sixth. So that's by far going to be the fastest paced game on the slate in terms of uh, pace of play on, on both sides of the ball. So I like Hertz and even Herbert for the, for that matter for that reason. Um, I think that's a game where you know you know where the ball's going pretty much on both sides, and and I would I would almost rather play Hertz on on one side because he he gives you the rushing stats, and that way you don't feel like you know you need to. Uh, jam in a Philly piece as a run back. Uh, and you can get all of the Chargers points pretty much from Austin Eckler <laughs> on the other side. So uh, definitely some interesting ways to build around that game, but that's definitely a game that that I have interest in targeting. And then after that, uh, I think some, some news that's maybe, you know, gonna f- not be filed under big news this week, but is, is definitely notable for, for DFS. Uh, and, and we mentioned, I mentioned it to you briefly before we hopped on is the fact that Tyrod Taylor is back for Houston uh, is it's not significant. I won't call it significant, but it's definitely a boost to that offense because Tyrod Taylor is a much better quarterback than Davis Mills. Um, and we saw it in week one, Houston scored 37 points against Jacksonville uh, in, in, in a game that they blew out Jacksonville. So this Miami defense ranks bottom of the barrel in any, to any metric you look at, they give up a ton of points. Uh, they just had one good game last week against Buffalo. Don't don't let that scare you. Uh, the fact that – I'm not saying I'm playing Tyrod Taylor. I'm saying that I think Houston can put up points and Tua is in a good spot to smash Houston uh, on the other side at only 5,800. Uh, Miami ranks second in pass rate in neutral 
uh, script situations. So Miami's going to throw early. They're going to throw often. And as long as Houston can keep it close, which I think, you know, with Tyrod being back is, is a boost for that, uh, that route of, for that game to go. Um, I really like Tua and he gets, you know, week two of Devontae Parker being back from injury, came back last week, uh, saw, you know, double digit targets. We'll talk about him when we get the wide receiver, but um, Miami is just, they're, they're close to all systems go minus Will Fuller. Uh, playing against Houston, they're going to throw the ball a lot and, and hopefully Tyrod being back can push them on the other side. So those are really the four quarterback situations um, that I'm looking at. And, you know, like I said, I, I was going to play these guys, whether we had Aaron Rodgers and Patrick Mahomes in a shootout or not, uh, because I think that these are all great spots. So I'm curious to hear where you're at at QB. Yeah, so I, I think for me, uh, one, you already mentioned one of them is Lamar Jackson. I absolutely love this game. This Baltimore-Minnesota game, I think, has true shootout potential into it. Uh, $7,300. And, you know, it doesn't take a lot to really stack him up uh, with some of his pass catchers, whether it's Rashad Bateman. Uh, Marquise Brown or, or Mark Andrews in this offense. So I really, I really like uh, targeting this game. I feel like this game, you know, like I said, has some uh, pretty, uh, a pretty strong upside to shoot out. And like I said, it's only 7,300, you know, being what the fifth price uh, quarterback on the, you know, on the slate. Um, I really like Lamar Jackson quite a bit and I'm going to have a lot of uh, exposure to him. I think some other guys that are uh, being a little bit under, uh, you know, overlooked, I should say, is Derek Carr. He's only 5,900 on this slate against the Giants. The Giants defense, you can definitely throw on them. Uh, you know, he has really, he's kind of toward, turned a corner this year because one thing that always kind of held him back is he never really wanted to throw the deep ball. And, you know, he was always a guy that had a high deep ball completion percentage, but he just didn't throw the ball deep very much. But so far in the year, he has, he's fourth most in deep ball attempts on the season. And, you know, they're really pushing the, the ball downfield. Now, of course, uh, you know, they they have lost, obviously, Henry Ruggs. Uh, you know, he is done, um, as he probably should be, but we're not going to get into that part of it. But uh, they still have Brian Edwards that they can u- utilize as a deep threat. Uh, he's second on the team of deep targets. He has 10 to the 12 of Henry Ruggs. And then you have uh, Zay Jones, who also can, can kind of step in and fill that role a little bit as well. Darren Waller should be back in this game. So I like Derek Carr quite a bit this week. He's only 5,900, so he's cheap. And um, again, his pass catchers are extremely cheap outside of Darren Waller. So I really like uh, getting to some Derek Carr at 5,900. Um, I completely agree on Tua. That's He, he was going to be the other guy I talk about. Uh, uh, you know, really, I mean, since he's came back outside of, I think, last week in a really tough matchup against the against the Buffalo Bills, like he's played really, really well in those other two starts that he had you know, returning from injury. So I definitely think Tua's at play. Now, I would be remiss to not have this conversation. Uh, you know, you got the really cheap quarterbacks this week, Taysom Hill. Uh, we'll have to see. They have yet to announce a starter. Now, he did practice again in full today. Uh, but Taysom Hill is only 5,500 against Atlanta. We've seen this play out before where he smashed Atlanta and, and uh, two of his uh, four starts that he had against Atlanta, but he's only 5,500 and let's just assume that he starts. And then you also have uh, a couple other guys like PJ Walker, who's only 5k. It looks like he could possibly get the start over Sam Darnold. Uh, if Sam Darnold is out. And then you have, of course, Jordan love who is only what 4,400, I think this week. Um, do you have any interest in any of these guys? Uh, no, I mean, semi, yes, but I think at the end of the day, 
I'm probably going to end up just getting up to two at 5,800 because that's not that much more expensive than these other guys. Um, I mean, I, I think Daniel Jones is interesting at 5,600. And obviously, you know, Taysom, if he's the starting quarterback, you, you pretty much know what you're going to get out of him. But I just think Tua has a bigger upside. Um, in a game that, you know, neither team is going to play defense. And Miami, we know, is throwing the ball at a higher pass rate. They're second in, in pass rate in, in neutral situations this year. Um, so, I mean, they're going to throw whether it's early in the game or, you know, whether they're trailing or whatnot. It doesn't matter. They're, they're going to pass. So, um, I can't play Jordan Love. I'm not playing P.J. Walker if he starts uh, for Sam Darnold, who's questionable. Um Taysom Hill would probably be the only guy of those cheapies that I would get down to. But again, I think I'd rather just pay the 300 extra dollars and play Tua. Yeah, I do. I do think, I mean, I mean, fuck Taysom Hill, really. Let's just, we're just being honest. Uh, you know, shout out D bro. Uh, I, <laughs> I told him I was going to say that. Um, but if, if if he plays and he's the starter, like it will be hard not to have some interest in him because of his Konami code upside, his ability to rush for you know sixty to eighty rushing yards, and at only fifty five hundred in a great matchup. But I also think he's going to carry a ton of ownership if he is uh, if he's active in this game, or not active, but if he starts, if he's a starting quarterback for this team, because everybody's going to want to play him. He's cheap. I think you could probably run him naked if you really wanted to. Uh, not really have to stack it with anybody or, um, you know, so. Yeah, I would definitely I, if run his, If his ownership gets playing. out of control, I probably won't, I probably wouldn't have any, any really very little interest. I shouldn't say any, but I would have uh, very little interest in him. But if he is going to be um, under-owned, then I guess I would have a little more interest in him just because he's so cheap. But I also think, you know, there's not a lot of like, you know, it, it will, we will get to it. Um, but like, you know, the running backs, there's not like, there's no, you know, Christian McCaffrey at 10K this week. They're trying to jam into your lineup, even at wide receiver. Uh, I mean, the highest price wide receiver is 8,200. And so, yeah, I mean, so that you don't, we don't really have any of those guys that we just have to pay up for that, like, you know, you're right. trying to fit other guys in. So I don't necessarily know if it's something you have to do, but the upside's certainly there for somebody like Taysom. I can't play Jordan Love. I'm sure some people are going to talk themselves into it. People are going to say, oh, they're playing the Chiefs. The Chiefs defense is terrible, but. I would argue that it's just Dan Sorensen is terrible, really, to be honest with you. Uh, it, like I, I saw this crazy stat that if you if you if you took away Dan Sorensen's uh, yardage that he's allowed, the Chiefs' pass defense would actually be tenth. <laughs> like <laughs> <laughs> that's bad. You go from like he is allowed because they're like, like league worse. <laughs> yeah, I know, and like that's how bad he's he's allowed over like it's like three hundred and fifty or four hundred passing yards or, or, or receiving yards on the season. Like he is an absolute turnstile sieve, and they took him out for a few weeks, which is the games against, um, and then they put him back in last week. And wouldn't you know it? Wouldn't you know it? Immediately, let's just go hit John Ross for a sixty-yard completion on Dan Sorensen. The guy is fucking awful. Um, but regardless of that, so. Like to me, I, I just don't think it's absolutely necessary, and I think that you can see this Chiefs, this Chiefs team just destroy uh, the Packers on uh, in this game, especially on the road in Arrowhead. So, you want to um, you want to go ahead and uh, cover defense? Cover 20, defense twenty three hundred. 
Chiefs defense? Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna have a a <laughs> uh, a lot of Chiefs defenses. Okay, if we're good on defense. We don't even need to touch on it at the end. Just play the Chiefs at 2300. Yeah, yeah, that's gonna be the defense <laughs> that I pay down for. Uh, other than that, I mean, do we really have any other quarterbacks? I mean, yeah, I think some other guys, you know, some more obvious plays. I think Justin Herbert. I don't think people are gonna want to play him, especially after really kind of two bad performances from him in a row. But I, I do think this could be a good bounce back spot at only 7K. Um, I, I don't really have much interest in Dak just because I just don't think Denver's really going to push them the pace of this game to really uh, make them score. And so if they don't, I just don't think you probably see them just, just lean on the run. Um, other than that, you know, Kirk Cousins, I think, is interesting too at 6,200. We've seen him in spots where they've had to really throw the ball and open up the offense that, you know, he can uh, put up some good numbers. So I don't mind him either. But uh, I think those are the guys that I that I have the most interest in this week. Uh, the only other guy I'll add is is Joe Burrow. Uh, Cincinnati's near top of the league in in pass rate, uh, and also worth noting that Burrow's two highest attempt games last year both came against Cleveland, and they were in they were like mid forties. So uh, we've seen you know him be turned loose, and if that's the if that's the game plan against Cleveland is, is to throw the ball, uh, I think Burrow, Chase, and Higgins are very interesting. Yeah. Okay. So with that being said, you want to jump over to running back? Yep. All right. So running back, like I said, is kind of interesting this week. You have Alvin Kamara lead things off at 8,200. And boy, oh boy. <laughs> you, we have Christian McCaffrey, who is only 8K, who returned this week. Now we'll have to see if he's actually going to be able to play this week or not. Um, because he only got in a very limited practice yesterday uh, so we'll have to see where he stands. But if he plays this week at only 8K, there will not be a lineup that I have without Christian yep. McCaffrey. Correct. Yep. You, he's just 100%. Just, he's, he's, he's like a free square at 8K. He's, a, he's normally a running back we pay 10K for you know, or higher, and, and you still play him. At 8K, it's, just, it's absolutely ridiculous. And, and New England's terrible against the run as well. So... <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah. It, I want all the Christopher McCaffrey at 8K. Situation to monitor. But Alston Eckler, 7,900. Dalvin Cook, 7,700. Aaron Jones, 7,200. Joe Mixon at 71. Zeke at 7K. We got Saquon Barkley at 6,800, but I don't think he plays. He, he should get cleared of uh, COVID by tomorrow, but I don't think he's going to practice. He, has, he obviously hasn't been on practice because he's on the COVID list. Nick Chubb, 6,700. James Robinson, 6,400. Cordero Patterson, 6,300. Josh Jacobs at 62, Chuba at 6,100, and Damian Harris at 6K, and that wraps it up. So where are we at at running back this week? Let me ask you this first. Two things. Well, one, only one thing. Dalvin Cook, 7,700. Just feels incredibly too cheap for him. He hasn't had that kind of signature Dalvin Cook game where he really explodes. I think he only has one game this year with over 20 DK points. And this feels like a spot where he absolutely could erupt. Um, and... I, I at seventy seven hundred, that's just too cheap for him. He's normally a guy that we're paying in the upper eight to nine K range, and he just hasn't had to do that. Yeah, so Baltimore actually ranks twenty third in second level yards and twenty seventh in open field yards. So if you can get Dalvin, you know, out into space here, he absolutely can go nuclear in this game. Um, so I think Dalvin's interesting. I think everybody's going to play Austin Eckler uh, against Philly, and for good reason. Um, you know, Eckler gets there on the ground through the air. He can, he gets you there no matter what, uh, the game script is. So definitely think Eckler is a, is a top play this week, 
even considering his price of 7,900. Completely agree on McCaffrey. AK is a free square. If he plays, uh, he's coming back off a hamstring, and hamstrings are just something where you don't play the guy again until he's fully healthy uh, because it's just something he's just going to re-injure over and over and over again, and he's just going to keep sitting out if you don't fully, fully rest him. And I think Carolina realized that when they tried to bring him back only a week after he got hurt, and then he practiced for like two days, and then they put him on IR because they were like, okay, it's not going to get better. It's only going to linger. We're just going to shut him down uh, and get him fully healthy. So now that he's spent three or four weeks, you know, completely doing nothing, he's finally back. And, and if he plays, he's he's a, he's an absolute lock. I agree. So uh, I really like him. Um, if Aaron Rodgers was playing, I would have had a lot of Aaron Jones uh, exposure. But the fact that Love is going to start, I'm concerned that Aaron Jones is not going to get as many targets uh, as as he should. Uh, because in the preseason, I mean, even with, you know, pass catching Kylan Hill, uh, Love rarely targeted the running back position. It was only like one or two times in his in his uh, several quarters that he played. Um, so I do have concern that Aaron Jones isn't going to get those Aaron Rodgers checkdowns. Uh, and 7,200, if he's not getting those, um, I mean, he's not getting all of the rushing attempts in that offense anymore. A.J. Dillon is, is starting to take over you know, a, a 50-50 split pretty much in terms of rushing attempts. So there's definitely concern for Aaron Jones. Um, you know, he's in play because if he does get those targets, if they're trailing the entire time, uh, you know, I mean, he legit could see eight to 10 targets, but I'm just worried that they all go to receivers uh, instead, you know, which we can talk about some of the, the cheap Green Bay pieces. But um, I mean, other than that, I think Nick Chubb at 6,700, nobody's going to play him. Uh, Cincinnati's been good at defending the run, but as we saw with Michael Carter and Ty Johnson last week, you can throw to running backs over and over and over and over and over again against that defense. And uh, we haven't seen Nick Chubb see like more than one target uh, and, and barely at all this year in a game. And so there is concern with that. But um, I mean, without Kareem Hunt, he pretty much split the routes run last week with Dearness Johnson. And so there isn't, it's not like they're just, you know, like Kareem Hunt was taking over all, all the routes run. Uh, they're splitting it. And so, you know, I think that there is opportunity there for Chubb's, Chubb's target share to go up in this game. Um, and this is a game, you know, that could could be a sneaky shootout. We've seen Cleveland turn in, into shootouts uh, multiple times this year. And, and you know, we didn't talk about Baker Mayfield, but uh, the whole OBJ situation Baker's numbers are actually way better with OBJ not on the field. And I think it's because he doesn't feel like he has to force the ball to him. So, you know, if that offense is a little bit better uh, for whatever reason, when OBJ isn't, isn't playing, then, you know, they're going to put up points and and Chubb will be a big part of that. Um, so Nick Chubb, 6,700, nobody's going to play him. I think, you know, because of the matchup, we could see his target share go up in this game. Um, and, and you're gonna if you get five to six targets from Chubb in addition to 20 carries, uh, you know, he's a slate breaker at 6,700 because um, he can go for, you know, 130 yards and two touchdowns on the ground. And then if you throw in, a, you know, a couple of receptions for, you know, 40 yards or something like that, you're, you're looking at over 30 points for 6,700. So uh, I think Chubb is very interesting. Uh, outside of that, um, I mean, it gets pretty gross pretty fast. Booker is interesting against Vegas. Gaskin is interesting against Houston. Um, 
Elijah Mitchell is interesting against Arizona, but these aren't guys that, you know, jump off the page as, oh, I have to play these guys considering each of these guys are, you know, upper fives, almost 6K. So you're still looking for that 25 or 30 point upside. And I just don't know that those guys, you know, I feel great about them getting me there. Yeah, I mean, in terms of the upper echelon guys, like I, I do have interest in Alvin Kamara. I know other people won't. Um, but I, I do think that with him, it is a great matchup against Atlanta. And I know people are going to look at what happened last year because, I mean, I've just been seeing it all week on Twitter. Um, you know, oh, well, you know, look at if, if Taysom, Hill, Taysom Hill's a starter. You know, look what Nick, or look what Alvin Kamara did last year with, with Taysom Hill, which is just a really terrible take because – Essentially, you know, you had the game against Denver where there was no quarterbacks, and so they didn't have to throw the ball at all. Uh, but the only game that they were really pushed, and they were a negative game script, um, and they had to uh, open up the offense and throw the ball a lot, was against um, the Philly game where they lost that game, and he saw 10 targets in that game. And, like, so some of it's just ridiculous of this thought that, like, he's just going to be, like, phased out of the offense or he's not going to see the target share that we typically see from him. So $8,200 against Atlanta, Alvin Kamara, I, I like. And I don't think people, a lot of people are going to go, as many people are going to go there as they should. I don't have to say anything about Austin Eckler. Austin Eckler's always in play. The dude's an absolute monster. Great matchup against Philly. Um, I think if, you know, in terms of the pay down options at running back, I, I do have interest in a couple of guys. And one, I don't mind Josh Jacobs at $6,200 in this matchup. Um, against the the Giants, the Giants are are really bad against the run. Now Jacobs has been, I would say, I would classify him as as decent. He, I, I don't think he's a guy that has like thirty point upside or anything like that. He's not heavily involved in the passing game. He does see targets, but he only averages around three and a half to four targets per game. Um, but he does, you know, he has a game where he has five receptions and he has another game with four receptions on the season. He has scored a touchdown in every game but one that he's played in so far this year. But he is seeing a lot of opportunities, and I, I think that this could be a, a spot where, um, you know, if you don't want to go with any of the pass catchers here at sixty two hundred, I don't. Nobody's going to play him, especially at that price. And I think he's in play against the, against this Giants defense. And so I like getting some uh, to some Josh Jacobs, and then Miles. I love Miles Gaskin this week at fifty eight hundred dollars. We've seen since uh, Malcolm Brown has went down to IR. Miles Gaskin um, over the last two weeks has seen almost 30 carries. And so he's really taken over this backfield away from, you know, uh, where it was kind of like a three-man committee where it's kind of went full on to Miles Gaskin. And this is one of the best matchups he's going to see all year. Houston is absolutely atrocious against the run. And they, they're actually uh, pretty good against the pass, or they, they have been so far this year. They're a top 12 in, uh, pass DVOA with their bottom at uh, run DVOA. So, I think Miles Gaskin gets a lot of run here. And so at $5,800, and he is the pass catching back as well. And if they do somehow fall behind, you know, we saw Tyrod early in the year kind of be able to make this offense relevant. And if they are behind, Miles Gaskin is going to see pass catching work as well. So I just think it's a win win for Miles Gaskin. And he's only $5,800. So if you want to pay up for one of these high priced guys and pay a little bit down, I like getting the Miles Gaskin here in this offense. Um, past that, like I think Daryl Williams is in play. I know that everybody that played Showdown and really all of Twitter was a buzz with Derek Gore, who honestly, like they even interviewed him today. Derek Gore did the, the local media and the media availability, and even he said he had no idea he was even going to play in that game. So, uh, 
you know. Um, but uh, but he's a guy that Andy Reid has really talked about. Uh, was was hyping all off or was all preseason. Played really well in the preseason, but but despite all that. Darrell Williams still played 65, almost 70% of the opportunities in this backfield, and he exclusively played in the second half. And so if we do feel like that this is a game that they're going to be able to uh, kind of take control of, I think Darrell Williams is a play at his price tag at only 5,700 in this matchup against Green Bay. Green Bay is a defense that you can run the football on. So I do like him as well as an option. And then I think Boston Scott is interesting at only 5,200. He played 51% of the snaps last week. They did kind of split this workload pretty evenly across the board between him, Gainwell, and Jordan Howard. But a lot of it just because of game script. I mean, they were terrible, uh, you know, or excuse me, the, the they just absolutely ra- blew out the Lions in that game. And so they didn't really have to do a whole lot. But I think Boston Scott in a, in a game against the Chargers, I think makes a little sense. He has the pass catching upside as well. Only 5,200. So I don't mind him just because of the matchup that he has. But past that, like paying down for any of these, these pay down running backs, I just, there's nobody there. Maybe if Elijah Mitchell were to miss um, in, in this game, because he has been, had some limited op- or limited practices so far this week, because I actually like uh, Elijah Mitchell in a game against Arizona, especially one without uh, um, w- without if Kyler Murray does not play, because we're staring down the barrel of Colt McCoy uh, being the starting quarterback mm-hmm. for the Arizona Cardinals if Kyler Murray were to miss. So, but it's out. Elijah Mitchell has got got in a limited practice today. He missed practice on Wednesday, so we'll have to see where he stands come Friday. But if he does it, I do think either Elijah Mitchell or Trey Sermon would make some sense too. Yeah, I think I agree. I'm not sure I'm going to go down. Uh, I'm not sure I'm going to pay down super far at running back. But um, yeah, I, I think I agree with with all of that. Yeah, the, the slate isn't as uh, and, uh, like plentiful um, with the down running backs like we've it had isn't. over the last like last week you had michael carter who i remember yep. we talked about and a lot of other guys that you can kind of pay down for this week it's just not really there i think it's the top guys and then maybe a sprinkle in a couple of these these you know mid 5k guys but that's probably as far as i'm looking to go so if you don't have anybody else i think we can jump over to wide receiver yeah i think uh yeah i was gonna i was gonna briefly mention rex burkhead but i'm not gonna do that <laughs> that's what we're at hey, cause, cool. yeah because uh, I, I just thought it was funny you talk about cheap running backs last week and all, all i could think about was david johnson popping in my head because uh, he was 4200 in a game that they were going to trail the entire time against the rams uh, and i was talking to Debro about him uh on like friday or saturday and we were just going back and forth uh on on if he was viable viable player or not and i played like 11 percent of the snaps in a game first game without uh mark ingram there and you know, Rex Burkhead got a ton of runs. So, uh, yeah, no, I, I'm not mentioning him. I just thought that it is that's crazy when you think about with David Johnson how much money they are paying yeah. him to absolutely do nothing. Yeah, the fact that they traded DeAndre Hopkins for him too is is something. Speaking really of DeAndre him. Hopkins, we can go to wide receiver. <laughs> I don't you, want to talk really about Houston too. Uh, David Johnson was so electric those few years when he was. was there and everything yep. else. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. 
Parker, engineering your success. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Uh, just not the same guy anymore. So many injuries is kind of taken yep. away. So, anyways, let's jump over to wide receiver, keeping things moving here. Uh, Devontae Adams is back um, from the COVID list. He's 8,200. I expect he's going to see a ton of targets from Jordan uh, um Jordan Love, and then you have Tyree Kill at seventy nine hundred, Debo at seventy eight hundred, Stephon Diggs at seventy seven hundred, Jamar Chase at seventy six hundred, Justin Jefferson at seventy five, CD Lamb at seventy two, Mike Williams at seventy one, DeAndre Hopkins, uh, who may not play in this game, is seven K, Adam Thielen sixty nine hundred, uh, Keenan Allen sixty seven hundred, DJ Moore sixty four hundred, Brandon Cooks at sixty one hundred, and. My Marquise Brown at 6K. So that's kind of the list. When it comes to wide receiver for me this week, uh, I, I think, at least in terms of the top guys, like I mentioned, I think Devontae Adams, he's a, uh, just a, a ton of targets in this game. I think you see Jordan Love really lean on Devontae Adams here. They don't have a lot of like pass catchers outside of uh, him that just like demand targets. Like I could see some of these other guys getting some targets, but I think Devontae Adams could still be okay at 8,200. The Chiefs pass defense. Um, has been serviceable, but uh, I, at least it's a positive that David Bakhtiari should be back this week for the Packers. Uh, so that should at least help Jordan Love uh, be able to get some time in the pocket. But uh, past that, you know, like, like in terms of some of these top guys, I do like Mike Williams. I will say that he is somebody that I don't think is going to have any ownership. He's still $7,100. He really has struggled uh, really three of the last four weeks where he scored 3.9, 4.7. The monster game against Cleveland where he had 39 and a half and then 2.1. So he's been like extremely boomer bust on the year. But I think this is a nice bounce back spot for him. I know that they have Darius Slay on the other side. But uh, I think Mike Williams can uh, get the best here of, uh, of this of this matchup here. So at 7,100, I do like getting to him um, in some spots. You know, Brandon Cooks, I think at 6,100 with Tyrod Taylor back. The Miami secondary just has not been very good this year, and he's only 6,100, so I do like him. And then Marquise Brown, absolutely love him at 6K, getting uh, getting to him in this matchup. Like I said, I think this game has shootout potential. And, uh, you know, Marquise Brown has been really solid this year. Um, and so I, I do like him as well as, as sort of a, a lower-tier option at wide receiver. And then I think some of the other guys just in stacks, you know, Tyree kill, obviously at 7,900, you gotta, I gotta have, get some exposure to this game. Um, and then, you know, I think some of these other guys are just uh, a little bit more obvious, but where are you at a wide receiver? Uh, don't look it up in week seven. How many air yards did Marquise Brown have? That was their, their game. They trailed the Bengals the entire time. But, but take a guess how many air yards Marquise Brown had. 120. 321. 321 air yards in one game. I saw that on Twitter this week, and I thought it was somebody joking. Uh, I think because it was Ian uh, Harditz posted it. You know, he can, he posts funny funny tweets all the time. 
and some of them are, are half joking. So I legit had to go look it up and he actually had 300 over 300 air yards uh, in week seven. So that is uh, all of that to say, yes, I, I do like Marquise Brown uh, against Minnesota in that game that we, that we talked about briefly when we touched on the quarterbacks, but um, 6k is too cheap for him. You know, who else is too cheap? $300 less than that. $5,700 Amari Cooper uh, is, you know, it just seems egregious uh, that he's priced that low. And it's also worth noting that CeeDee Lamb uh, hurt his ankle in practice yesterday and he didn't practice today. Uh, so, you know, for whatever reason, if Lamb's limited in that game or, or is out or anything, Amari uh, Cooper is going to get it an absurd amount of targets um, from Dak Prescott. So I really like Cooper and I don't really need to touch on any of the top guys. I mean, you hit on them. Uh, Adams definitely in play. Uh, Diggs is in play against Jacksonville. Jamar Chase, we talked about, you know, Cincinnati throwing the ball a lot. Uh, Justin Jefferson is a great run back in Lamar stacks uh, with Marquise Brown on the other side. Um, Justin Jefferson torches man coverage and the Ravens play a lot of it. Uh, I think it's like 3.9 yards per route running against man coverage. So, you know, one of the best in the league against man. Um, Keenan Allen, 6,700 against Philly. Uh, both Philly and, and the Chargers play the same style of offense where you just dink and dunk short throws over the middle of the field all game long. And, and you know, that could lead to a much higher volume for Keenan Allen and, and where he, a game where he could catch a lot of passes. Um, so I think Allen is interesting. Um, we already talked about Marquise Brown and, and, and Amari Cooper. Uh, Emmanuel Sanders is pretty much, you know, neck and neck with, with Stephon Diggs in terms of air yards per game. He doesn't get the same volume, but um, he does get deep shots down the field from Josh Allen. So I think Sanders is very interesting and definitely in play at 5,600. Uh, moving down the list, uh, Devontae Parker gets uh, <laughs> the best cornerback matchup you can ever expect to have. Uh, and that is the worst cornerback to ever probably ever play football. And that's Vernon Hargraves. Um, Parker's getting over a hundred air yards per game. He's getting 24% of the targets, 39% of the air yards, barely trails Jalen Waddle uh, at 8.2 targets per game. Uh, and, and Hargraves allowing a 78% catch rate, 17 yards per catch and a 115 passer rating. So, uh, definitely like Parker there. You know, T. Higgins, same same thing with, with Jamar Chase, makes for a great stack with Joe Burrow. Uh, sliding down the list, uh, the Giants are banged up once again at wide receiver. No Kenny – or Kenny Galladay's questionable. Um, limited in return with a knee injury. Uh, not sure if he's going to play, but regardless whether he plays or not, Kadarius Tony should take over slot duties with Sterling Shepard out. Um, and he's going up against – uh, Nate Hobbs for the Raiders. Nate Hobbs has allowed 27 catches on 31 targets. And for those of you doing math at home, that's 87% catch rate. Uh, so definitely like uh, Kadarius Tony in this game with Sterling Shepard doubtful. Uh, Tony is a guy, you know, we saw him make uh, Trayvon Diggs of, of Dallas look pretty ridiculous when they played a couple weeks back. And we know Tony has monster upside and, and we'll see a lot of targets. Uh, in that game that could potentially shoot out. Um, outside of that, Jerry Judy is, is a guy that I'm I'm back on this week. Uh, we were on him last week. Um, you know, with Sutton projected to be on Trayvon Diggs for most of the game, there's going to be a lot of focus for Teddy Bridgewater uh, shifting inside of the slot for Judy uh, against Jordan Lewis, who he should see uh, for the majority of the game. And uh, Jordan Lewis has not been good this year. 
Uh, he's allowed a 68% catch rate, 12 yards per catch, two touchdowns, and a 101 passer rating. And uh, we already mentioned that, you know, the Broncos are nine-point underdogs in that game, a game that they should be trailing the whole time. And, and Judy coming back off injury last week played 75% of the snaps. So it's not like they just needed to ease him back in. Um, he, he's pretty much a full go uh, at this point. So, again, with, with Sutton – seeing a lot of the, the Trayvon Diggs attention. I, I think this could be a big week for, for Jerry Judy. Uh, he's only 5K. So um, I am semi-interested as well in the cheap Green Bay pieces. I'm not, I'm not sure what the, what the, what your interest level is with Jordan Love at QB, but I mean, Lazard's 4,600. If MVS doesn't play, I have more interest in him there. Cause uh, you know, they lost T- Tunyon for the rest of the season to injury. So I mean, those tight end targets, I don't think they're going to funnel to Mercedes Lewis, are they? Uh, at least I would hope not. Um, and if MVS is back, he's only 3,700, and we know he's a splash play guy there. Um, so either one of, one of two things happens, right? Either one of these cheap guys potentially gets there or the Packers just get absolutely boat raced, uh, and they don't hardly score any points. So um, are you, are you going to play these cheap Packers at all? Or are you just kind of going to kind of fade that whole Jordan Love situation? I I, I think there's better options uh, to be had at a cheaper tier at wide receiver. Okay. So if I wanted to pay down at wide receiver, I just think there's some guys that I think that that make a little bit more sense. Okay. Also, uh, breaking news: sounds like Odell is going to be released. Uh, that's just what came out here a little bit ago. Um, okay. They're planning on releasing him tomorrow, so it'll be interesting to see where OBJ winds up. You know, interesting. Red, Red and gold could look good. I don't know. I mean, they, they could use another the wide receiver, but yeah. <laughs> um, so we'll see what happens there. But I just saw that come across. Um, anyways, I, I think some guys, you know, so while speaking of Odell, I do think Donovan Peoples Jones would make some sense at 4,400 as long as he could play. He, he is uh, questionable, but uh, he, he did get in a limited practice today on Thursday. So, but we, we kind of see him, you know. Um, Actually, I mean, really, the last game they played weeks, uh, you know, last or last game he played week six, I should say, you know, he had four receptions uh, for 101 yards and two touchdowns. And then he also has a game, you know, the week before that, where he had five receptions for 70 yards, no touchdowns. So the upside is there and he's only $4,400 and a, a matchup that you kind of talked that you kind of hit on, you know, if you like, uh, excuse me, if you like, um, Joe Burrow this week, or if you play some Joe Burrow, I think, you know, running it back with the Donovan Peoples-Jones, I, I, I don't really hate that. I think more people would probably play um, Jarvis Landry, but I just think that Donovan Peoples-Jones has a little bit more upside and kind of the deep threat and would kind of get a little bit more big targets. So at 4,400, I think he uh, is somebody that I like. And then, you know, we have this Arizona situation right now where DeAndre Hopkins uh, has not practiced yet this week. I wouldn't be surprised if they hold out Kyler Murray. You know, I, I think we could end up seeing – them you know maybe just hold out deandre hopkins just kind of punt this game a little bit you know there's no reason to rush deandre hopkins you know he left last week's game he earned himself Moore. back in this game what's that rondale Moore. is that where you're going yeah with so this? that's a, so i i think and then you have aj green who's also on the COVID list so those two guys are out i think that sets up christian kirk and rondale Moore. yeah as, as two pretty decent plays especially if colt mccoy plays you would think rondale Moore would be a pretty heavily utilized guy underneath, right? Because Colt McCoy is more of just a dink and dunk kind of guy as opposed yeah. to get, getting the ball down feel like Kyler Murray is. Yeah, and I actually think that um, – I think like I'm not saying like Colt McCoy is good, but like Colt McCoy is at least a serviceable backup. Yeah. Like, he, like he's not like a complete disaster. And so I think that he can do enough to kind of keep this offense 
uh, kind of moving. And so I do think that somebody like Rondell Moore does make a lot of sense at only $4,200, mm-hmm. especially on his price tag. With those guys out, they're going to have to hit on somebody. I guess we probably should have hit on uh, Chase or Chase Edmonds too. He would make some sense as a pass catching role. Probably somebody that's getting a pepper of targets, a lot of underneath stuff, you know, those, those short dump offs as well. But um, I do think these Arizona guys, you know, whether it's Christian Kirk or Rondell Moore, I, I like Rondell Moore, especially at the price of only 4200 I think they would be in play. And then um, a couple other guys, uh, Brian Edwards, he yep. is only uh, 4100 I, I like him as well. Obviously, Ruggs is gone. I think it kind of changes the way that this works now. I think it kind of consolidates targets a little bit in this offense. Um, I don't think it's like a – because – Henry Ruggs was only got he was getting about fourteen uh, percent of the targets in the, in the for for this team, so it's not like it's a huge vacated targets. I think it kind of flows to everybody, but I just think it kind of opens up opportunity, especially deep uh, at the deep quadrants of the field. And so I do think Brian Edwards is an interesting target at only forty one hundred at a matchup again against the Giants that I'm just not really that worried about. And then you have Brandon Ayuk. I think I'm going to keep playing him. I'm going to keep doing it. You know, he had seven targets last week. He didn't really do anything major, but uh, I think eventually he's going to have a big game and in a matchup against Arizona. You know, Arizona's been better against the uh, the pass or um, than they have against the run. But I, I do like uh, Brian, Brandon Ayuk, and if this game could be competitive, then I think Brandon Ayuk makes a little bit of sense at only forty one hundred. And then, like I already talked about, Rashad Bateman, a thousand percent in play, only four K. Absolutely love him. I think he's probably the best value play on the entire slate. At only what if 4K. Sammy Watkins comes back? What's that? What if Sammy Watkins comes back? That, that doesn't really concern me all that okay. much, honestly. I think Rashad Bateman is solidified. Uh, the last two weeks, he's seen at least the last two games that he played before their bye. He saw six targets each of those games, and so I really like Rashad Bateman at only four K, and I, I, I think he's just will be somebody that's really hard for me to get to. I don't mind. McCall Hardman only thirty nine hundred. I would have liked him more if Aaron Rodgers played, mm-hmm. I agree. but now it's it's. I think it's a little bit thin. They are utilizing him a lot underneath on underneath underneath coverage and everything else, but I don't mind getting to him. Um, past that, in terms of like the super cheap guys, like there's nobody that really just kind of stands out to me as as plays that I think that you know that you just would have to play or that you really want to get to um, at least right now. Yeah, no, I, I think that, that that pretty much covers it for me, a wide receiver. All right, let's jump over to tight end. So far, okay, you have Travis Kelsey at 7K, Darren Waller at 6,200, Kyle Pitts at 5,900, too cheap. Uh, Mark Andrews at 5,500. George Kittle has a chance to return this week. He's only 5,200, a lot cheaper than what he typically is. Mike Kosicki, 4,900. Dalton Schultz at 4,800. Zach Ertz at 4,700. Dallas Goddard, only 4,500. I don't understand that price. I feel like he should be more expensive than that. And then from there, Noah Fant is still on COVID uh, on, the, on the COVID list. He's only 4,400. Hunter Henry at 4K. I have a pretty good idea of one tight end you're going to bring up, and I totally agree. And I think his uh, initials are two vowels. But go ahead. <laughs> uh let's let's see if I can uh do my best here. Albert Okwugwabunam. <laughs> no shot I was ever gonna get that right on the first try. But yeah, Alberto, uh your Missouri boy, twenty six hundred dollars, 
Trent nine point underdogs against Dallas if Noah Fan is out. Um, he is he's an he's a freak and he's a very good pass catcher. So it's you know it's it's kind of similar to the Dan Arnold situation last week. Twenty eight hundred dollar guy that you know has upside for you know eight to ten targets. Uh, that's what we're gonna get here again out of Alberto uh, in a great matchup against Dallas that you know gives a ton of production to tight ends. So I really like him at twenty six hundred. Uh, if Fant plays, uh, I like Darren Waller at the top against the Giants. With rugs out, you know, maybe Carr doesn't dial up deep balls as much, and uh, maybe he looks Darren Waller's way a little bit more. Uh, because, I mean, Waller hasn't seen that ridiculous target share uh, since week one. But, I mean, in week one, he saw 19 freaking targets. But since then, it's been seven, 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 eight, and 5. So, um I think, you know, there is upside for Waller to get back to that 10 target range and, and 6,200 is the cheapest we've seen him in a while. So definitely like Waller this week. Uh, outside of that, it's pretty much a two-man show in the 4K range for me. And that is uh, Mike Gesicki uh, against Houston and Dallas Goddard against the Chargers. Uh, both playing against defenses that give up a ton of production to tight ends. And they are two guys that are heavily involved in the offense. Uh, in offenses that should be throwing the ball a good chunk uh, this weekend. So uh, I really like both those guys. So that's the four tight ends that I have interest in. Darren Waller up top, uh, Gasicki if I'm playing Tua, uh, Dallas Goddard probably otherwise, and then uh, Albert O if Fant is out, I think is pretty much a free square uh, at tight end. I agree. I absolutely love Albert O if Noah Fant remains out. Um it's especially at his price tag. It's just going to be really hard. Uh, all right. I was just trying to see if there's any update. I know fans. There's nothing. So I absolutely love him. I do think Kyle Pitts is definitely in play uh, at 5,900. I think this he could turn into a Darren Waller type situation where he just sees all the targets. Um, I know last week wasn't great against Carolina. Kind of a low-scoring game, kind of an ugly game, but he still saw six targets in that game. But he only had two receptions for 13 yards in that one. But I, I don't mind Kyle Pitts at 5,900. I just think he can see an incredible target share to make uh, to make him worth it, especially at the price. Um, 100% agree on Dallas Goddard. The Chargers have been terrible against opposing tight ends this year. They allow the second most DK points on the season to opposing tight ends. So love, love Dallas Goddard there in that matchup. And then, listen, if Dan Arnold's going to see 10 targets every week, I'm, I'm going to be I'm gonna be about that life. <laughs> Okay, he saw 10 targets last week. Uh, I do like him. Now it is a bad matchup against Buffalo, but I think whether it's garbage time, I think he's going to see some opportunities here in this matchup against the Buffalo Bills. So and he appears to be one of the favorite targets for Trevor Lawrence right now. So I like Dan Arnold at only 3,400. I think Ty, uh, Tyler uh, Conklin, I think, is in play at 3K. Uh, in this matchup against Dan, he saw seven targets uh, last week against Dallas. Five for 57 in that matchup uh, at only 3K. I like him against Baltimore. And then, like I said, I mean, if Alberto starts, I mean, and gets the, gets the start in this matchup, just slam him in. Yeah, don't even think twice about it. Just just play him. I mean, it's 2,600 for a very, very good pass-catching tight end. Uh, in a matchup, they're going to be losing, and he's going to, you know, targets funnel to tight end against Dallas. So, yeah, don't ever think that one. Yeah. Okay, so you want to jump to uh, defense that we've already talked about? 
yeah, I mean, if you want to just start the build, uh, I'll pick the Kansas City Chiefs as my my start to the build if you want. <laughs> Unless yeah, you have, you have other defenses you want to talk about. about. I mean, the Chiefs against Jordan Love, I don't know how you uh, how you really pass that opportunity up. I guess if you wanted to, you could talk about the 49ers, only 2,800 against Colt McCoy. But I don't know, like Colt McCoy – like I feel like that, you know, he's been in the league a lot. He's not, he's probably a guy that's not going to turn the ball over a whole lot. Kind of like a very Alex Smithian of him, where he's he's, he's a guy who's not going to take a lot of risk. And so I don't think it's really going to be there as much. But they're still only twenty eight hundred dollars, so I think yeah. the 49ers could be an interesting defense to play. But for me, it's it's Kansas City at twenty. Just just give me Kansas City defense. Yeah, I mean they're at home, an Andy Reid coach team at home against Jordan Love. Uh, I, I think I'm gonna, just going to play that at twenty three hundred dollars. They're going to be popular, but I don't care. All right, well let's just go ahead and start our build. We every every single week we build a lineup uh, for DraftKings, and I've already got the Chiefs uh, in there at twenty three hundred dollars. They're a placeholder right. in, and so uh, Maddie, kick it off. Where are we starting? I think. That we could see Lamar break the slate this weekend potentially. So let's uh, let's start it off with Lamar. Seventy three hundred just that just feels too cheap for him. He's an AK quarterback. All right, I'm going to lock in. I'm going to go Marquise Brown. All right, and let's uh, let's run it back with J. Jeff. <laughs> Since we have the Chiefs defense, I'm going to play for a little bit of leverage. Off of the pass catchers there in that offense, I'm going to play Daryl Williams. Um, let's let's assume that Fant doesn't play, and we will have to make a change if he does play. But let's assume he's out, and let's play Alberto. All right, I, I would assume with no Fant, like since he has not had a positive test yet. Because if he is vaccinated, uh, I mean, he has to have two positive tests in a 24-hour period, and right now he's he's without that, so he's he's really trending in uh, probably not playing at this point. So I think it's a pretty safe bet, but we'll see on that. But yeah, so you I locked him in. Tests. What's that? You mean negative tests? Oh yeah, that's what I meant. My bad. Yeah. Um. Oh look at that, w- Walido. Uh, Lamar, Chubb, Aaron Jones, Hollywood, Jefferson, Cooks, Albert O, Brian Edwards. He just filled out the lineup for us with $200 left. But <laughs> I'm not playing Brandon Cooks, so uh, sorry, Walita. I can't do it. I think we have enough to do this, so I'm going to go – well, I, I'm kind of at the point where I don't I don't think Christopher McCaffrey's going to play this week. I think it's a better chance that they milk him in this week and they just let him practice and then they bring him back next week. I think it makes more sense to do that coming off IR. So I'm going to go Austin Eckler at 7,900. Okay. And if McCaffrey's ruled in, we I guess we'll, are we keeping Eckler or are we going to switch to McCaffrey? Oh, we would definitely switch. Okay. All right, so we need to leave that $100, $100 salary then. Okay, so that leaves us fifty three fifty per for wide receiver flex, and I really like the call that you had with Arizona. I think that this is going to be the first week we see Rondell Moore play a significant amount of snaps, um, and he's got monster upside every time he touches the ball. So let's put in Rondell Moore forty two hundred dollar wide receiver. <laughs> 
leaving $6,500 flex. <clears throat> All right. So I need to leave a hundred, which we will because there's no $6,500 player that we can get to. So that'll be a lock. DJ Moore is interesting at only 6,400. We didn't really talk about him, but the guy who sees t- double digit targets every game. I think I would be more inclined to play him if Christian McCaffrey played because we've kind of just seen this, especially with the PJ Walker out there. True. I don't know. I could argue that Walker's better than Sam Darnold. <laughs> maybe, maybe it's not. It's not. It's not ridiculous. So for me, like, I, I kind of like Josh Jacobs, but I don't know about starting three, three running backs, especially one that doesn't have as, as limited in the pass catching role that Josh Jacobs has. Yeah. Is there anybody above sixty five hundred that you have heavy interest in, like? I guess Keenan Allen or Nick Chubb. Cause we could just, I mean, we could fully punt defense and just play like the Jags or something. If, or if I guess what we could do, I never thought of it doing it like that. So what we could do is jump to Nick Chubb. Oh, yeah. Let's do that. So let's switch Nick Chubb with Daryl Williams and that leaves 5,500 at wide receiver or at the flex. Okay. Yeah. I like that better. Oh. Yeah, because then you've got Parker and Higgins there, both at 5,300. I'm going to go Devontae Parker. I like that. So we'll move Rondo Moore to the flex that way. Any I like that ball. team. So put one in more. A lot of upside. Low flo- Some low floors there, but a lot of upside. Okay, so this is the this is the roster. So we got Lamar Jackson at seventy three hundred, Nick Chubb at sixty seven hundred, Austin Eckler at seventy nine hundred. We have two hundred dollars left if we need to switch to Christian McCaffrey if he plays. Uh, Hollywood Brown at six K, Justin Jefferson, Devontae Parker, Albert O, Rondell Moore, and the Chiefs D wrapping this out with two hundred dollars left, which again leaves just enough to be able to uh, swap out Austin Eckler for. Chris McCaffrey, if he plays. So, I love that team. I think that is a really solid team. I do, too. And Walido brought up uh, Amari Cooper there at 5,700, too, which if that was my team, I would would toy with getting off the Chiefs D and getting down to just playing the Jags D um, and putting in Amari over Parker. Um, That would just be something uh, that I would play around with. I don't know that I would do it, but – yeah, it's it's weird seeing Amari Cooper at fifty seven hundred, but um, I do like that team that we just built. Yeah, so we'll lock that one in. See how it does. Like I said, that's kind of uh, the only thing. Other thing we would change is if uh, Noah Fant was ruled in, that we would have to come off of Albert O. We'd yeah. have to switch some things up a little bit. So that being said, let's lock that one in. That wraps up to the week nine breakdown. I'm just I'm just preparing for more craziness to happen because you know this is how this week has gone. It's been an absolute shit show so far. So with that being said, if you want more information or you have any questions or want to communicate, you can jump into our absolutely free Discord. You can find that in any one of our YouTube uh, descriptions. Uh, it doesn't matter. Click on a video, go to the description. The link is in the description. It's absolutely free to join. Costs nothing. Um, and you know, like I said. Whether you really play DFS or Redraft or Dynasty or whatever you play, best ball or whatever, there's a channel on there for you. It's absolutely free. And I promise you when I say this, 
that the channel is always lit. Uh, there's so many other people always talking in there, and it's absolutely free. So with that being said, I hope everybody has a wonderful week nine. Ha- you know, let's win that money. I want to see some screenshots with all the big time winning everybody has this week. And again, I appreciate it. Be sure to check out the Discord. Follow Maddie at MaddieDFS. I'm on Twitter at FantasyRat13. Enjoy the weekend, everybody. Let's go. Think you can tell me what to do? You know who you're talking to? Well, you better get used to the way the ball bounces. I see what you got. Inventions and ounces. But that's a break, boy. You're a big man. <laughs> I'll treat you like you're a little man. Tell me what to do You know who you're talking to Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.